What's up, guys? Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bench Bros Pick Show, where we discuss all the latest gambling lines, the best spreads, money lines, player props, and everything else for this upcoming week of football. Uh, we are entering week three, and then we'll discuss a little bit of college football as well. Uh, I'm your host, Lizzie Splain. Jordan Vitkowskis is back. Discuss his, some of his picks. What's up, Jordan? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. We got some some good picks this week in the NFL, and like I said before, we went on and did a little college football research for you because I know that's, that's one of your your fortes as well. So yeah, I think we have some we have some real winners this week. I'm killing it in college football. Last week was a bit rough start, but I ended up pulling through at the late night. Fresno State was incredible winner. You got you got to love the late the late night winners. Those are always the best. Those, that gives you like a at like two thirty to bed. Yeah, at like two thirty, they end up winning. I walk like drove home. I was working that night. I like saw that they won. It was I could sleep nicely. It was like a nice <laughs> winner. I hear you. I mean, this NFL season has been really crazy too, with like a lot of underdogs winning, and then we had that Sunday night uh, craziness to where we thought the Chiefs were just going to go down and cover the spread pretty easily, and then. Clyde's Edward Hilaire just like gave the gift to the Baltimore Ravens, just plopping that ball loose. Yeah, I mean, I I know the stats say to run the ball there, and I totally get what the Chiefs are doing. Like they're going to do that ten times out of ten, but I'm a big proponent of like not taking the ball out of your best player's hands late in the game. So I would have liked to see them, you know, get just it doesn't have to be Mahomes, you know, fifty yard bombs or anything, but just just you know hit, hit with those dink and dunk plays to get down the field. Let Mahomes make the decision of whether or not you're going to be in good field position. Like don't. I wouldn't leave it up to the running backs because Hilaire hasn't proved that he's, you know, a, a guy that you can totally count on yet. Right. And then Packers are back. I mean, the Lions were up in the first half. I took first half uh, Detroit money line. That worked out well. Detroit's better than people think. But um, what were your thoughts of like week three? You know, just the way the league is kind of shaking up right now. Some teams like not getting off to the right start. We're seeing the Colts at 0-2 right now. Um, we'll discuss them later. And then we see the Raiders at 2-0, which people were shocked that they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, yeah, the Raiders won. That's that's a good place to start. That was definitely surprising. Um, but I think what we're starting to see is I think the reason that it's surprising is because we saw the Steelers go into Buffalo week one and pull out that win. It was like, oh, okay, their defense is elite, obviously, with T.J. Watt and those guys. And the offense just has to get by with Big Ben. Kind of like I keep making that comparison, like the 2015 Broncos, like elite defense. Peyton was, you know, mentally obviously sharp, but physically was really fading. So they just kind of had to score 17 to 20 points a game and get by. But that's a lot harder to do nowadays, um, especially because the Steelers defense isn't quite as good as that Broncos D. And you saw it last week, like once T.J. Watt went out too with that groin injury, which is something to keep an eye out for them. Um, Vegas was able to take advantage of that, and, and Derek Carr has made some, he's made some, you know, good plays to, to start the year. I don't know if they can sustain it, but um, it was definitely they never a do. Shock. No, they never. Yeah, John, they'll start out two and zero, or you know, maybe probably even three and zero this week because um, they they have a pretty favorable. Yeah, they play the Dolphins at home with you know Tua's injury kind of thing in question, so. You know, they could easily start off 3-0, but, you know, they still have Well, he's game. out. He's officially is, out. Is he officially? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's the line's four and a half, um, which is, you know, I think doable for them. Um, but, they, you know, you know, it is, you still have that whole division. They have games against, you know, Denver, and they have games against the Chargers and the Chiefs. That's six incredibly tough games, as well as just the inevitable midseason lull where you lose a game or two you're probably not supposed to. So, 
I wouldn't wouldn't count on the Raiders being uh, undefeated forever. But you're right. There's been a lot of upsets um, and team, you know, especially in the gambling world, a lot of gambling upsets with teams covering and whatnot. Um, I mean, last week I had, you know, football team minus four. Things get wonky on a Thursday. They win by one. I had the Cardinals minus four. They were supposed to lose that game until the Vikings kicker missed that field goal. Incredible. Um, Incredible game. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Really great game. Fun to watch. Lots of offense. Came down. Came down. Gus Johnson and keep Tlaib on the call. Oh, man. Arguably the I mean, I'm not saying like they're the best duo out there totally, but just for like that week, I thought they were great. I was really interested when I saw they were going to be together and Tlaib didn't seem to overplay it. He wasn't, you know, guys when they become, you know, co-commentators and stuff like that, they tend to either, you know, they try to come in with like a stitch or like a saying or. You know, they try to overexert themselves, and he didn't seem to do that. He seemed to let Gus do most of the work, which is what you should do. Um, and they got to do Cardinals games from here on out because they're perfect for Cardinals games, as crazy as those games get. Oh you know? yeah, I mean, Gus Johnson can make. I mean, he can make chess sound exciting. That's how. That's how great he is. He made Sam Ellinger like <laughs> the best thing ever when it was OU Texas last year. Right. Yeah. He's uh, I'm a he's, huge Gus Johnson fan, man. I, I love he should get a blank check every year and just like he's just <laughs> write down whatever he wants. But yeah, that game was close. I mean, Rams, Rams, Colts. I had Rams minus four. They win by three just because they decided to punt at the end, which was again, smart decision. Um, and then that Chiefs game, like you mentioned, comes down to the wire, the fumble. So, you know, I ended up going three and four on my team picks last week, but I was about 12 points uh, in those four losses away from from winning them all. So you know that's how that's how close it is. That's gambling, right? That's that's the the risk with it. Same with the player props. I was, I think I was three and three on player props last week, and I was for the two rushing ones that I lost. I was like half a yard away and like ten yards. I mean, it was just it, it's that close. It depends on you know how the games go. But I think I was on players. a heater, man. I was on a big heater last week, especially in the one o'clock window. San Francisco minus three was like a really sharp play by me. Even though like you could say the Eagles flubbed that. Because Jalen Rager stepping out of bounds, them literally not scoring after Quez had like a 91 yard catch. It's just like, yeah, well, that's what are you doing? That's, that's Philly sports. They start out great and then they disappoint. That's see, the, goes. the Eagles, like, they benefit so much off of that NFC East right now. They, mm-hmm. They're really just sitting there and you're looking around the NFC East. You're like, well, Dallas, yeah, they got an offense, but like defensively, eh. Then you look at Washington, it's like, well, is Taylor Heineke going to sustain great play? Then you have the whole debacle with the New York Giants. And it's like Philly's just sitting there. And it's like, I don't buy Nick Sirianni. I don't think he's going to end up being like a favorite in Philadelphia, especially they finally saw his play calling was questionable with Indy. Remember, they kept Jonathan Taylor on ice. So you right. really going to trust this guy where it's like, you got Jalen Hurts, like just do a QB sneak or like go ISO with the ball. And then like you utilize your tight ends as well. Like they didn't utilize Goddard or Ertz uh, during that game against San Francisco, which was kind of shocking. That team should be run heavy. But yeah, I mean, from somebody who has Miles Sanders on his fantasy team, I'd really like for them to be more run heavy, uh, especially with him. But even even with the running game, it's still sort of by committee they get down there and um who was his gainwell gainswell is that his name gainwell yeah yeah i mean he you know he ends up getting some touches jalen hurts obviously will call his own number um so even in that you know fancy wise you can't count on 
uh, anybody you know, in any week. But yeah, it's going to be a struggle for Philly. They have a lot. They have a lot of holes they have, they have to fill, and you can't fill all the holes in one season. So it's going to take a bit. And then uh, I have to say, Bills minus three and a half, pretty easy. Oh, Broncos, great. <laughs> great. We love and the Broncos. Then, we love not just like I know you love the Broncos as a fan, but we we like the Broncos in gambling this year. They've had an easy schedule, which we saw to start the year, and they've executed three and zero. Yeah, I already marked this week as a win. That might backfire on me, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it definitely might backfire. You, I I think you'll be okay, but just yeah, that's like the ultimate curse is just already putting that sharpie down for the win. And then one, two more bets I want to discuss that I had: Panthers mm-hmm. plus three and a half. I mean, Saints having eight coaches out, that that line didn't change at all. I mean, that's a huge, huge factor. And then, like, a bunch of other players for the Saints were banged up as well. They were obviously not like, all right, let's just throw this out the window. Let's try to win. But, I mean, Carolina's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Carolina's pretty good. The, their um, defense is, like, sneaky good. It's, I mean, you know, I know that the Saints are a little bit of a weaker team offensively right now with some guys out you know, coaching stuff but i mean they held them to like 128 yards total offense they held Kamara they have the best defense rushing. in the nfl right now yeah i mean that's that's the thing and i mean you know they doesn't get any it's harder to tell too because like they play the texans this week and like we'll get into that but so they don't have like a strong game this week but you know it'll be interesting to see how they do against like when they play tampa um you know and some of the other teams in their schedule it'll be that'll be the true litmus test for them they were my sneaky playoff team this year. Like, as, like, the seventh seed. I was like, yeah. watch out for Carolina. They're going to get in. And, and Darnold like, hasn't been bad either. He's, you know, he's, he's no. just trying not to turn the ball. He's kind of like Teddy in, in, in Denver. Just, like, don't turn the ball over. Get them downfield. Let your skill guys, you know, score the touchdowns for you. And just keep them in the game. And the defense will do the rest. And he's executed that so far. It's been, you know, it's been nice to see, like, once he got out of New York. That's, that's really Carolina's more pass-heavy than Denver. That's why De- Teddy is like a bit if Teddy just didn't have time to throw the ball last year. And it felt the defense was very young and they were learning and they had to be in a lot of shootouts. And like Teddy's not like a shootout kind of guy. Well, you know what so, Teddy is. Teddy's a guy who covers the spread. Teddy's a guy who's <laughs> Teddy, amazing Teddy at not. covering the spread, especially on the road. <laughs> you know what his spread record is on the road? I bet 24 and three. <laughs> well that's good and then i mean it'll be it's amazing to, the fact that he plays in denver now and like it's to be there like they have that home field advantage with you know the the mile high you know altitude and stuff you know so they have a really good chance of covering this week against broncos country goes freaking nuts when the broncos are good oh yeah i remember this paid man we go insane well even the, during the tim tebow years we were going uh ballistic. Tim tebow, denver broncos legend Craziest year of my Broncos life that year. <laughs> it Unbelievable. I've seen like Jake Plummer do some amazing stuff, get us to the AFC championship game. And then Jay Cutler literally tearing my heart out after every single season going nine and seven, just not making it in. Then you had Tim Tebow year was just like the cap it off. Just like, holy cow. <laughs> um, right. One last winner I want to talk about is like, the Tennessee Titans plus six and a half. And then that over as well. I, I literally like just threw I texted you. I was like, I'm throwing this game away. This this over is not hitting and Tennessee's not covering. I know and you were I super ended up negative. getting both. <laughs> I, uh, Derek Henry, I, they can't stop him. I went against Derek Henry in fantasy this week. And 
it was not fun. <laughs> I was playing, you know, Neil. Rough. I was playing. I was playing Neil in fantasy, and it was really close for a while. We were in a battle, and uh, even with I had Kittle who underperformed, Waller who underperformed, and a couple guys, but I still had a chance. And I was like, all right, see, I was containing Derrick Henry, and then the second half was classic him. Like he he gets stronger as the game goes on. He gets better running the ball, and the Which defense crazy. Just gets tired. It doesn't. He's make like sense. very. He's very tall, long legged, and it's like okay, he's. He doesn't have like those big legs. He should wear down. And then next thing you know, he's just bolting down the sti- sideline, stiff arming Jamal Adams, getting in the end zone. It was it was depressing to watch. I was I just kept watching his fantasy points go up, and the team, you know, Neil's team, just keep going higher and higher. I ended up losing by like forty yeah. or fifty. What's great bad. though is like when you have six and a half, and then that game goes into overtime. You're like, all right, absolute winner. Right. Like, yeah, you're set because they're not going to kick the extra point, which is great. Um, the one that was a safety though. That was an absolute safety. Some of the officiating was awful this whole entire weekend. Well, yeah, they had the, that with Russell Wilson with him being the end zone. And then they called that, they called the forward progress stop on Herbert when he was pushing that guy off. from. from oh, the Chargers game. Ugh. Um, yeah, I feel like the Chargers got, they got hosed on a couple calls. I mean, you can't say that it totally won the game for Dallas, Dallas too. I had the over in that. It was hell to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, everyone had the. I feel like everybody had the over just because of the two offenses, and it just didn't quite. They they kept shooting themselves in the foot too. Like they get down there, and then Herbert would throw a pick, and then Dak would do something dumb, and then I think Herbert threw a second pick, and it was just like they they had so many chances in the red zone to get to that over, and uh, just you know by their own fault, kind of kind of ruined it. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I, the one over I did like though, I, I had Cardinals Vikings over fifty one, and that was. Uh, I felt pretty confident in that one just because neither defense has shown me much and both offenses are pretty good. So that one was pretty much by halftime. I think they had like 40 points combined. So I was really not worried. And then my, I got my first teaser win of the year where we're teasers, not part of um, it was a pretty easy one. It was Patriots one and a half against the jets, which was never in doubt. It was the Broncos minus two against the Jaguars, which was again, pretty much never in doubt. And then <laughs> Thank goodness, I, this is why we do teasers instead of parlays. I had the Cardinals plus half a point instead of their, you know, minus. I had the minus four, but then in this teaser, I had this typically as a four-point teaser plus half a point. So just them getting the win uh, locked up that that first teaser of the year. And then I also had Bills minus three at the Dolphins, which was very easy, especially once Tua was out. That was a, uh, that was a game you didn't have to sweat. I mean – it was great to see Dallas kick a game-winning field goal, and then immediately right after Minnesota missing a game-winning field goal. That those four. It was like games simultaneous, crazy. like bam. Well, the Just. one the one o'clock games were kind of like it was like Baker popped his shoulder out, and then Dalton got hurt, and some TJ Walker. Derek like, Hart. Yeah, it was like these injuries, and it was like, oh man, this kind of stinks. And something a lot of the games were blowouts or just not really interesting. And then the four o'clock games hit, and it was like Cardinals Vikings down to the wire, Seahawks Titans in overtime, you know, Cowboys Chargers down to the wire. Like it was like one, you know, even the Falcons Bucks game got close for a while until Ryan threw those back to back pick sixes. But to the same he, guy, to the same guy, um, <laughs> and, you know, so up until even until that point, that game was good, too. So the afternoon games were were excellent. And obviously the Sunday night, you know, Chiefs game with Chiefs Ravens was, was incredible. Also, that just goes to show that the Chiefs are beatable. Like they yeah. are so beatable. Their defense is worse than I thought it was going to be. I didn't think it was yes. going to be top notch, but it's it's alarmingly bad. It reminds me of all I could think of during that game was like 04 
to like 2010 Indianapolis Colts, except for the year they won the Super Bowl and they had a good defense. But all those other years, their defense stunk, and Peyton would be scoring. You know, that offense was guaranteed 30 points a game at least, but their defense would be so bad. And then, you know, all it takes is one interception, one fumble like they did late. And next thing you know, the Ravens are walking out of there with a, uh, a win. So um, that's kind of the situation I compare it to right now. So they, they, it's weird because they have like some good individual players like Tyron Matthew and, and, and some of those other guys, but they just don't have they, – they were shredded by Lamar. And Herbert's going to have probably a field day this week with that, that offense as well, being able to throw the ball all over the place. Even Baker, he didn't have like any touchdowns because they ran the ball to goal line, but he threw for like 320 yards and it was pretty easy – the yards that he got against Kansas City, so it, it, yeah. they have a lot of things they got to fix on that end. I remember those Peyton Manning Colts because they would play Denver in like the wild card round and absolutely put forty eight to fifty <laughs> points on Jake Plummer. That's right. Yeah, it was never a problem with that. And then they'd get to the second round and like they couldn't stop. Like they lose Rivers, to Pittsburgh. And it's, like, uh, it's weird. Yep. All right, let's get into this week. Let's start off with the Thursday night game tonight. Carolina against the Texans. Davis Mills starting at QB. Texans have actually been pretty uh, pretty good lately when it comes to uh, football games. They only lost by 10 against uh, Cleveland, and then they won week one in a blowout against the Jaguars. People were expecting this team to be god-awful, but they have been very competitive with the NFL talent that they've had, and they're saying pretty much like, Hey, everyone's down on us. Let's just go prove everyone wrong. And then all of a sudden, you got to go play uh, Carolina at home. Um, Carolina off to a great two and zero start. People are kind of like bookmarking them, just like, "Hey, are th- is this team for real?" Like, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. So, like we said, number one defense. They pretty much shut down uh, Jameis Winston. Alvin Kamara only ran the ball like eight times for like right. nine yards, which was pretty shocking when it comes to stat lines and then um week one they did a they did a number on the new york jets as well although they only won by five it was pretty much an ass kicking they controlled that entire game so we got the panthers going to houston spread is eight the over under did it change at all i I saw it at 40 43 42 yeah, we're at 43 and a half on, on what I see here on FanDuel's site. So it, it hasn't moved okay. really too much. So what do you think? I took Texans plus eight. I just want to hear you like drill yeah, me for yeah. that. I, I didn't. <laughs> I, no, no. I mean, I, it's Thursday night games, while it's fun to have like one football game on a night, it's just good to have football back after, you know, to having Tuesday and Wednesday off. Um, Thursday night games, are they kind of make me squirm because they're just, they're generally ugly. They're sloppy. It's a short week. Guys are... You know, they're just not as sharp as they normally are. And it's usually teams that aren't super great. They don't, except for the first game of the year, they don't generally put a lot of star-studded teams on Thursday nights. <laughs> How many years have we gotten? What was it? Titans-Jags is like the main feature one. Um, hey, those gi- Titans-Jags were like shootouts. and Oh, it was, it, it was your Derrick Henry 200 yard. Just like week, last week. Was- Everyone said the game last week was going to st- suck and then we had that thrilling finish yeah yeah exactly so it's it's it's, it's, they've been a little bit better but i I didn't pick this like i didn't make this pick but if you ask me just to look at it now i would i would lean carolina seven and a half like like ever so slightly but at the same time 
it's a Thursday night game, so like anything, really anything is possible. And throw in the fact that I think since 2016, where is this at? Yeah, since 2016, rookie quarterbacks, which is what Mills is, making their first start on Thursday night football are four and one straight up and five and zero oh against the spread. So love it. There's a love lot of it. things in your favor, and like you said, Houston has been playing. I thought Houston was gonna have like one or two wins this year. Um, Can you text I, me that stat, by the way? I just wanted to shove it into the face of like one of my sports anchors at King Dermish saying I'm an absolute maniac <laughs> for taking Texas plus eight. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so, but so yeah, so like they have that on their side. Plus, like you said, they've been playing well. They have some, you know, they have skill guys. They have a three headed duo running back or trio that running back that can, you know, uh, spread out the field and, and, and pick up yards. You have Brandon Cooks who's been doing a really good job for them. So they have the pieces. I just don't know if like they can score enough because you know looking at what Carolina did to the Saints and what they did to the Jets these first two weeks, their defense has been really really good. So I could see it being like a you know twenty three to ten type of game, which obviously is going to lean towards the, the Panthers covering. Um, so I, I would lean I would lean Panthers. I, I would say I put them I put them in a teaser. So we'll get to it when we get to like yeah, they're a game. teaser pick for sure. Yeah, I put them in a teaser. I put them in a six-point teaser with the Cardinals, so they're down to one-and-a-half on my pick. So I, I have Panthers minus one-and-a-half and the Arizona Cardinals minus one-and-a-half because the Cardinals mm-hmm. are traveling to Jacksonville, and I like both of those. So it's like a nice, easy, just got to win by like a field goal if, if, if you know, all hell breaks loose type of thing. Um, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that's seven-and-a-half. It's going to be tough. It's gonna, I think it's going to be one of those games where, like, for you picking them. Backdoor the cover, Texans, baby. Yeah, you're going to be looking for the backdoor cover. You're going to be sweating it out that last possession. And oh, yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be stressful. <laughs> but Mills, but end up Mills Mafia all the way. Hey, Davis Stanford, Mills. Stanford guys. Mills Mafia. <laughs> Number one uh, quarterback recruit. Was he really? Yeah. Well, he's going up again. Wasn't Darnold? Darnold's pretty high up, right? Because he went to USC. I don't so. think he was one, though. No, I don't I mean, think he was, was one either. But he was, he was highly recruited. You know how those like recruiting rankings go. It's it's, it's all BS. Right? Oh yeah, like, I mean look at the, some of the look at like the top ten players from the NFL's top one hundred. I don't think I think maybe one or two of them were like in the top rankings, but like you know Donald and some of those other guys, they weren't considered you know five star recruits. So it's all yeah. about how you develop. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I, I think it will definitely be low scoring. I think that's one thing we can count on because I, I will say all the rookies like that I just mentioned who did cover uh, those spreads. Uh, I think the name, it's like Brett Ripon, David Blow, Nick Mullins, Deshaun Watson, and Jacoby Brissett. Like nobody threw for more than 280 yards. Two of them, Watson and Brissett, threw for under 130 yards. So it's always, it's a very low scoring affair when it comes to the rookies I on Thursday. I don't like so. the over though. 43 just seems too low. And like Has, we had the same issue last week where we were looking at the over under and it was like hovering around like 40 points, 41 points. And then it went cruising right through the over. Yeah. Yeah. They they definitely got going last week. I will say though, Carolina, they, in each of the first two weeks, the total in their game has been 33 points. Um, right. So that's something to keep an eye on. And like the fact, like I, Darnold has been good. He's been doing what he needs to do for them as a game manager, but he's also not the guy that's like, I don't think going to lead, you know, he's not going to lead like three touchdown drives in a row type of thing. He's, he's, he'll have like one good drive and then he'll kind of stall out and punt. And then he'll have another good drive that might get a field goal mm-hmm. and then they'll stall out and punt. So I, if I, I feel more confident in the under than I do either team for the spread. Texans are like, uh, they're going to run the ball a lot, I feel. 
give Davis Mills some like breathing room or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. utilize all the ten running backs you have on that freaking roster, regardless. So, well, well, and you you know this more than I do. Playing college football, like when it comes to like injuries and you know rookie uh, or very young guys getting starts in in college or the NFL, like the game plan generally is to run the ball more and to just have like a set. You know, or in Bloomsburg, plays. it's literally just running the ball. <laughs> yeah, Bloomsburg is just running the ball. But you've seen it all the time where like rookie quarterbacks get the start, and like the playbook is you shrink it. You you make you give yeah. them a set number of plays that they can get down. Quick hitters get guys going on slants, crossing routes, screens. Like they're not going to be you know Cooks is a deep threat, so he'll go deep once in a while. But they're not going to be trying to run some sort of sophisticated offense. Which if they do run the ball more, and obviously Carolina can run it with McCaffrey, that's mm-hmm. also going to eat up a lot of the clock and leave less time for points. One thing I, the reason, another reason why I've been on the Texans was that 80% of the bets are on Carolina. That's a lot of public money going to towards Carolina way. What does Vegas do? They, they love to get the public on one side and then the other side wins. That's what they love to do. That is so. a Vegas staple. <laughs> um, the only, the only, so besides like the, the Panthers and the teaser, the only, the only other thing I have tonight with that is I have a prop bet. Um, the NFL doesn't like FanDuel and stuff. They don't generally put their prop bets on until like Friday night or Saturday. So those the yeah. Sunday ones I don't have anything for, but the Thursday ones are out. So I have McCaffrey over 47 and a half receiving yards. Um, he's easily hit that oh, mark. Like in that. both. Yeah. He's hit that mark in both games this year. Um, and you know, even though I said they're gonna, they can run the ball with him, he's just as good, if not better, as a receiving back. And Darnold's shown, you know, no, <laughs> you know, he, he's like the number one option. Him and DJ Moore competing. Uh, yeah, McCaffrey's got 15, 15 targets, fourteen receptions, one hundred and fifty four yards, which is um, seventy seven yards a game through the first two games. So he's you know been very very consistent. And I think, especially on a Thursday night, um, I think it'll be a lot of dump offs to him, a lot of wheel routes, uh, you know, angles out of the backfield. So over 47 and a half is, I'm very confident in that. I like that. I like that pick. Receiving yards. That's that's a free one for you. Yeah. Receiving yards. Yep. Not rushing. I think his rushing was like close to 80 something. um, Yeah. That's too high. Which like he, I mean, I could, he could totally get it because the Texas defense isn't great. And McCaffrey's a great runner. Yeah. It's 84 and a half, which is just like, uh, he, you know, he, he's got 170 yards, so he's got he's averaging 85 yards a game, which is why they put it at that mark. Um, but I just don't totally love it. Uh, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't had a 100 yard game yet. He hasn't. Um, I don't even think he hit 90 yet. So I, I don't totally trust uh, that. So I, I'd rather play it safe, McCaffrey, with the receiving yards. All right, let's get into week four. Oh, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Week three, <laughs> my bad. The Thursday week, game almost feels like a different week. I get it. It, it does. It, it honestly, it's a standalone game. It feels like forever that the Giants played. Like, it really does. It seems like they were on the bye week last week. Right. right. We got the Cardinals minus seven and a half versus the Jags. Um, Tennessee getting five against Indy. Indy's in a must win situation there. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens getting seven and a half against Detroit on the road. Uh, Buffalo Bills minus seven against Washington. Um, at home, Patriots minus three at home to the Saints, Chiefs minus six and a half against the Chargers at Arrowhead, Cleveland minus seven against the Bears at Cleveland, uh, Pittsburgh at home minus three against the Bengals, Giants minus three at home against the Falcons, uh, Raiders getting four and a half against the Dolphins in Vegas, my beloved Denver Broncos getting ten and a half. That's the biggest spread of the week. 
uh, against the Jets at Mile High. That place is going to be rocking, like I said. Um, game of the week, though. I mean, game of the year it should be, but I don't know. Bucks and Rams, it's been flip-flopping. It's pretty much a pick em. right now. It's Bucks minus one and a half going into L.A. Um, Seattle minus one and a half going to Minnesota. Green Bay plus three against the 49ers on Sunday night. And then Monday night, uh, Dallas favored by three and a half against Philly. Yeah, uh, you're definitely right about game of the, the week for sure with Tampa and the Rams. You know I what that, that over is? It's 55 uh, and a half. Yeah, I think I think it's like that because you've seen while well, the Rams defense has been better than the Bucks this year, they've still given up some points um, throughout the first couple of weeks, and the Bucks have, you know, they gave up a lot of points to Atlanta last week, and they gave up, you know, was it thirty or thirty-two to to Dallas in Week One? So they figure Tampa doesn't really have a problem getting in the shootout. Um, mm-hmm. I, Fifty-five and a half is that's a lot, <laughs> especially you know with it being on the road for Tampa. The Rams are going to have you know the, the home field advantage um, or as much of an advantage as you can have at SoFi Stadium. Uh, but yeah, that'll be fun. I think that's I, I knock on wood. I think that's your NFC Championship preview because I picked that at the beginning of the year. Um, but both teams look good. I mean, Stafford's done a really good job for them. Tom Brady looks really good, and the what you know all the weapons he has around him. Um, Gronk being the main feature right now, having two touchdowns in each of the first two weeks looks really good as well. So that should be a really fun game. Maybe the play is the under. I'm thinking about it. I, I didn't, you know, I last year they played, it was 27, 24 on that Monday night, uh, game where like Jerry Goff drove right down the field and scored that game winning field goal. Mm-hmm. So that was 51. So 55, you're like, you're expecting like 30 points from both teams. Yeah, I think. I think this is one of those games where it goes, it really goes either of two ways. It either goes like this is a really defensive struggle. Both teams come out with a lot of pride and they decide that, hey, we're going to dig in and mm-hmm. make the other team work. And it ends up being like, you know, 24, you know, it ends up being like 20, you know, like you said, 27, 24, 27, 21, something like that. Or both teams come out and they just decide we're just going to play excellent Sling football it. offensively. <laughs> yeah. And it ends up being like 27, 21 and a half. And you're just like, what the heck happened? And the next thing you know, the over is a lock. And it ends up being, you know, 38, 35 or something final score. I don't think there's like much of an in-between. Um, but it, it'll be interesting. I know I, obviously Tampa's, like you said, we go back and forth. Tampa's currently favored by a, a smidge right now. Um, and, you know, it's hard to pick against them with how good they've looked. But at the same time, they I, they're not going to go undefeated. So I would I would pick the Rams in this one, either money line mm. or you know straight up, um, just because I think they're going to come out with something to prove. I think Tampa is you know doing a really good job, but I think the Rams know that that if they want to be elite, you know, and they want to be taken seriously, they have to beat the best teams in their conference. And Tampa is obviously the the team with the biggest target on their back. So I'll take the Rams by you know, just a couple. Uh, I probably would stay away from that. Honestly, yeah, there's it's not. I didn't. I didn't put it in my article. I didn't, I'm not actually like you know like betting it. But uh, yeah. if you just ask me like under my head, like pick a team who I'll, who I think is going to win, I would just say the Rams. But betting gambling wise is very tough. Man, you must be in a lot of awful situations if you keep saying yeah. Like, put a gun to my head. I'm going to pick this. Yeah, team. Like, <laughs> right. Who the hell have you been working with? Oh yeah, you know you never know. Um, Looks uh, like Davis yeah. Mills Mafia is really coming after you. Yeah, like, holy exactly. Shit. It's the, the actual mafia he works with. What about <laughs> your uh, What about your boys? Your Your Broncos at home? Do you think they cover ten and a half? I don't like lot. the number. I don't like the number to be honest. But it's high because it's the New York Jets. 
Like, I can see because what what it is with Denver is that they give up like the first quarter is always slow. Like Denver's gonna want to like kill the clock, control the time of possession. Let's run it with uh, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, Teddy Bridgewater is gonna get us the first downs and sling it. He's he's taken deep shots, but they haven't been hitting yet. I, I think that will develop over time. Um, and then like the the pass rush is just gonna probably eat Zach Wilson alive, and the, the poor bastard's not gonna stand there for like at least longer than three seconds. I don't think. Like yeah, I I agree. I would I I would have taken it if the number was like seven if it was and seven eight, and, eight and a half, half. Yeah, that's the number I'm waiting for. But it's not gonna get that comfortable. Low. Yeah, I I put them. I did two teasers this week, so we already covered the Cardinals and the Panthers one. I did a second teaser with a it's a five and a half point teaser, and the first team is the Broncos, so that brings it down to five minus five, which is a I I feel so much better about that number. Um. And well, of course, seven. yeah, yeah, because I mean, five at home, like you said, their their defense is arguably it is not arguably it is better than the Patriots right now, um, especially with that pass rush and you know Patrick Sertan. I mean, he he looked phenomenal. I know it's only Jacksonville last week, but he had that crazy interception. He had some passes defended. He looks. He like hasn't let up a touchdown since 2019. I mean, it's so early, obviously. So like to to make this statement is is dumb because. You know, everyone's it's so totally afraid to shake out. But like just in what I've seen from all the defensive guys, he is the runaway for defensive rookie of the year right now after two weeks. Absolutely. He's so good. And the fact that he's playing, I think that, that like you know how it is, like these when these guys get drafted really high, it also matters where you go for your situation too. So like him getting drafted on a team that has like Von Miller and Simmons and those guys who are, you know, elite, you know, veteran guys who can teach him all the tricks they're gonna Kyle Fuller. Him. Yeah, like all those, all those guys, and like they're going to teach him the work ethic it takes to be great, and obviously the system they have there is really good too. So having a guy like him go into a situation like that is just uh, that's just an A plus all around. It's a win win for everybody. I'm sure Denver's incredibly happy with that draft pick. Um, I told everyone before the season started, I was like, don't be shocked if Denver goes like four one or five and zero to start the year. Like <laughs> I'm, I said, the schedule lines up perfectly for them to start three and zero. Right, and you know, and that's just. That's you know good too because when they start to play tougher teams, at least they have the momentum and they have that confidence week to week. Yeah, they have won some games. So even though they might be, you know, they might be less talented. Schedule is pretty freaking easy though. Yeah. No, exactly. Those you know, the, the, it's the division games that'll be tough. Um, yeah. But, you know, those, those. I mean, even when there has been a big talent disparity, whether the Broncos, you know, after Peyton retired, when the Broncos kind of struggled and stuff, they still would play. You know, you still play your division opponents pretty hard. There's always that pride that kind of comes out. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I, I like them in the teaser. I like them five and a half points, so down to minus five. The other team I have in that teaser is um, uh, the Bears are currently, what are they, seven? Hmm. Yeah, there's there's seven and a half dogs against the Browns. I, and I, you know me, I like the Browns. I'm not sold on the Browns covering by that much. Their offense is, you know, they, they have no Landry. He's on IR. OBJ is still questionable. I don't think, I don't know what they're doing with him. Uh, they're definitely not playing him until he's 100%. So, I think yeah, what's his deep? It's just the ACL. They're just they're just making sure that like everything's like completely one hundred and ten percent good to go. Um, but I don't think he plays this week either. So that leaves them with the receivers of like Donovan Peoples Jones, that Schwartz kid, the rookie who's really fast, but is you know young and experienced. And then it's kind of the tight end, right? It's you know you have Njoku, you have Bryant, you have Hooper. And then the, you know you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, which have, they've done a great job to start the year. Baker's done a great job; he leads the league in completion percentage. So shout out to all the mm-hmm. Baker haters. Um, but 
they don't have a lot of weapons, you know, at, at the receiving level. And I, I just don't know. You know, the Bears defense isn't bad, so I just don't know if they're going to be able to get, you know, a big enough lead. The Browns don't strike me as a team that can cover seven and a half yet. Um, they, you know, they, don't, they didn't cover last week. I think they were 11 against Texas or the Texans, excuse me. 12 and, and a they, half. Yeah, 12 and a half. Yeah, so and they didn't cover. Um, you know, that was with Tyrod Taylor leaving the game. That was with Mills coming in, you know, cold off the bench. So, yeah. I, so I, how I, do you expect Justin Fields to be like, cause like he, he can use his legs, but it's like, are the bears even going to let him like Matt Nagy is so hesitant on using this kid at all. Right. That it's like, what, what kind of like bears offense are we going to see from Justin Fields? Like, is he going to try to sling it around a little bit more? Is he going to use his legs? He's talented with like running the football. I think it's just like, they're just kind of like letting Andy Dalton play so that he gets the passing stuff down. Like, there's a whole thing with like playing your rookie QBs, like we're seeing from the Jets, and then it's like, oh, he's getting killed, or it's like, oh, Mac is playing, he's playing pretty good, um, just like learning as he goes. And then there's others being like, well, be like Trey Lance and sit behind like a guy like Jimmy G and learn. I, I'm just like, well, you're only gonna learn so much by just looking in the film room and looking on the sidelines. Like, you don't learn as much like doing that then considerably like being out there on the field and like seeing defenses live and like you actually making decisions and stuff. Right. I agree. It's, I, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you have to let, you know, I get it. They signed Dalton. They didn't think they'd be trading up for, for fields, but um, you know, it's better with rookies to, you know, I don't want to say throw them in fire, but at least get them in the game, get that experience. Cause like you said, that's yeah. the best teacher is just being out there. And then you watch film of what you've done. You know, that, that's that thing. Film is useful once you've gone out there and experienced it. And then you can go back and look at the film and then you can make your adjustments because you've tried it against the NFL defenses and stuff like that. And you know, you know, you feel the speed, you feel the pressure being in the pocket, stuff like that. So I, I think it'll be important for him to get out there. I think he'll do okay. I don't think he's going to light it up. I don't think he's going to suck. I think he'll be okay. I think it's going to be like Justin Hurts last year when he got in. Just like that nice, like, all right, we'll get a couple of wins here. It's not going to be, like, perfect. But, you know, running the ball, using, utilizing your uh, legs, making some easy throws for him to make in the NFL. I think it's a lot of that. But I just don't know with Matt Nagy. That's the biggest issue. Yeah, yeah the, the Nagy is definitely a question mark. Um, but that's why I put him in the tease. So, you know, Broncos minus five. And then with the Bears being seven and a half, a five and a half point teaser puts him up to plus 13, which I think is very doable. I definitely don't think the Browns are covering by two touchdowns. So I no. think it's a very safe teaser. I think both teasers this week are, you know, there's teasers are meant to be more safe than anything. But it's I, a teaser week for sure. Yeah, I like I like both of the teasers. And like I said, I think I think they'll hang around. But I think in, I think in the second half, the Browns put the game away. I think it'll be. I can I wouldn't you I would not be surprised if the Browns are losing at halftime if Chicago comes out hmm. motivated behind fields. I just I just have this feeling with the Browns that that's just how they're gonna come out. They're gonna come out a little flat. But I think in the second half, you know, that duo of Chubb and Hunt are just gonna wear them down. They're both great, you know, running backs and Hunt's great out of the backfield catching the ball. And Baker's shown, you know, really uh, smart decision making to start the year. And I think they're they're gonna do enough to win. So I picked it twenty seven twenty Browns. Um, so I think it'll be something like that, but that's definitely safe for that plus 13. See, I like to um, go with my luck right off the top. Giants minus three. Talk me out of it because that's my lock <laughs> right now because Atlanta to me is the worst team in the league. And it's like, it's sad to see how bad Matt Ryan has got with all that potential that he had after that MVP Super Bowl year. 
And just ever since, like, it wasn't particular. People like to say ever since 28 to three, but like ever since the ball went through Julio Jones's hands in the um, divisional game against the Philadelphia Eagles, this Atlanta team has been putrid. Like, defense isn't good. The offensive line is very shaky. The wide receivers are, are like relative, but it's like Matt Ryan can't get him the ball because he's always under pressure. It's just like, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel for the Atlanta Falcons anytime soon. It's a smoky future. And right now that team just has no future identity going forward where the giants, they've been battling pretty tough. Like, of course they lost like uh 27 to 13 against the Denver Broncos, but they were in that game all the way up till the third quarter where Denver just pretty much just said, we're going to control the ball and we're not going to let you guys have it at all. And then Daniel Jones right. fumbling and stuff. And then they, like, like I said, they almost won that game last Thursday night against Washington in such a deflating loss. But I think they, this is the bounce back game that they need against Atlanta. Someone has to win. I think it's going to be the Giants. What do you think? Yeah, I like it. I, at the beginning of the week, I was like, oh, the Giants. You know, they they've been their own two. The Falcons are own two. Like, you know, how do you how do you pick? But the more like I, you know, you've talked about it, and a couple other people I know. Have, have talked about the Giants. Uh, I, I would agree. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't pick it, but um, I think minus three is definitely doable. They're at home, which obviously always helps. Um, and the fact that they played, you know, pretty well last week against, you know, they, they just put up what twenty nine points against a pretty good Washington defense. So you know, Jones looked good. Saquon's, you know, he hasn't been himself, but he's ramping up. He's taking more snaps every week, which I think is important. Um, and you have guys like you know Galladay and, and Slayton. So I think they have enough pieces. I think they'll. I think that cover minus three. I, I agree with you. But that's that's your lock, right? That's like your like if you had. Yeah, that this that's week. my absolute lock right now. Is okay. Giants minus three? Do you want to know mine? Yeah, I know. I'm sure you. I'm sure you do. Obviously. Um. So mine, I, I was torn between two of them, but I, I decided the the one that I'm like 100% confident in. Patriots minus three at home against the Saints. Hmm. I can't and, get on board with it. I'm sorry. But and I go know ahead. And you and everybody else has been like, uh, I don't know. And to me, the, I'll give you this is why I'll explain why. One, the Saints are coming off a stinker. They had, you know, we mentioned 128 yards of total offense. Carolina's defense is very good, but they scored seven total points against Carolina. I think the week one against the Packers was just the Packers coming out as flat as any team ever has. And I think that was totally an abomination as evidenced by the Packers last week. Um, so I don't think the saints are anywhere near as I, I, I don't even look at week one for the saints. Cause I don't even think that counts. So I'm really going off of what I saw last week, which was out. If you shut down Alvin Kamara, which the Panthers did, you have Jameis who is still an iffy decision maker. You have, you know, Marquez Calloway, who was this preseason fantasy hype guy who's done nothing in two games and they don't really have any other targets. Michael Thomas is still out, and there's really no other big names I can be like, yeah, that guy's getting open every other play for me. And you throw in the fact that they're going to New England, which is notoriously tough to play anyway. It doesn't matter who's going to New England. It's just tough. You have the Patriots, who just picked off Zach Wilson four times last week. That defense looked really good. And you have Jameis, who is, as we know, very turnover-prone, Mr. 30-30 himself. I love the Patriots' defense at home. The crowd's going to be into it. I think the Patriots win this pretty much. It'll be pretty much similar to the Panthers game last week because their offense isn't great. Mac Jones has been good, but not elite, obviously, for a rookie. So I don't think they're going to, you know, it's not going to be like 38 to, to 5 or anything like that. But I think it'll be somewhere. You know, they'll get to like 23, 24, 27 points. And the Saints, they make it, they make it another touchdown, or, you know, or so or another field goal. But 
Um, I, I had the Patriots winning like 23 to 13, so by 10. But I think minus three, a field goal home. Worst case scenario, it's a push at the end. But I have no qualms about Bill Belichick because you know that's what Bill Belichick does too, right? He shuts down superstars. He makes the game yeah. the best. He's the best defensive game plan coordinator that we've ever seen. So he knows that they have nobody besides Kamara. So who's going to be shut down on Sunday? Kamara. So I, I think this is running away. And your response is what everyone else has said to me. They can't get on board with it. Um, but And I it pains me. I don't like the Patriots, but I, I have full confidence in them this week. Well, the thing with the Patriots is like the Saints are getting their coaching staff back. It's not like we're going to see the same Saints team as we too. Right. I think they're more. They're going to be more equipped in trying to run Alvin Kamara. I get it. The Patriots' defense is good, but at the same token, the Saints' defense is pretty good as well. And Mac Jones, are they going to open the playbook up more? It seems like he's doing a lot more checkdowns. Last week versus the Jets, he had a lot of throws, especially across the middle when it comes to deep shots that he didn't take. He's just not seeing those right now. Mm. So when it comes to the Saints. They have a good front seven. I mean, a really good front seven. And New England's offensive line has been pretty good. I don't think Mac Jones is going to take those deep shots like everyone kind of expects him to. And plus, like New England's wide receivers, they're okay. Yeah. But like going up against some great. of the good Saints corners, like they're they're pretty good too. But um, you know, I I would just say maybe that's an under game. What's the over under in that? Uh, over under in that one is. 42 and a half. So it's basically the Thursday. Oh, so they're thinking like I am. I, I, I would be more comfortable <laughs> if that over under was at 48. Cause I would be like, all right, let's go get on the under here. If you haven't noticed, I'm, I'm pretty much like when it comes to NFL games, I'm like, let's go with the under and college football. Let's go with the over. That's been like my mantra, but, um, yeah, I just don't know about that one. I, that would be a stay away game for me. Although Patriots minus three is enticing. If there was a side to make, I would go with Saints plus three because I do think it's going to be like a field goal game or like I could see like, you know, a last second drive for like 27, 26. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I could totally, obviously, be proved wrong. And if, if that's the case, I'll be really mad at Bill Belichick because I don't like him to begin with. So the fact that I'm even going out in the limb picking him is not yeah. easy. But, uh, yeah, that's the one I feel good with. The only other one that I was thinking was Titans uh, at home minus five against the Colts. It's a must win for the Colts, though. It is. But is Wentz, Wentz is like, I mean, he didn't practice yesterday. He's got two, not one, but two sprained ankles. Who the hell like, has two sprained ankles? I, I don't know. I've never heard of it before. He pulls uh, it off. He he does something incredible every single week with this injury report. You know, and so I just don't trust the Colts, especially on the road. Tennessee, you know, got back on track with a huge road win in Seattle. I didn't think they had a chance in Seattle after week one, but I think they're going to look to get their first home win. And, you know, again, it's only minus five. So, um, you, know, you do leave yourself open for that backdoor cover late, yeah, but yeah. Um, at the same time, I, if, especially if Wentz doesn't play, the Titans' defense is not good as we know. But if Wentz doesn't play, um, you know, and you have the backup in there, which I don't even know who the backup is in Jacob Indianapolis. Eason. Oh, okay. So yeah, that doesn't scare me, unfortunately. Um, and I just think you know, Derrick Henry does this thing too, where like he'll he'll have that dominant performance, and he kind of he'll have like two or three weeks of it, so he could easily shred that defense for another I 170 yards. I love game. that under. I love that under. That's I think the Colts defense that. That, that is good. Pick. 
Yeah, because I love that. Forty-nine, I think it's yeah. yeah. Well, okay, so so Vegas, so I got it at forty-nine. I put it in my article on like two. Forty-eight and a half is what I got. It's down on FanDuel to forty-seven and a half. So Vegas has wised up a little bit, but I'm still not totally like deterred by it because if Wentz doesn't play, that offense isn't going to score a lot, and the Titans can put up points, but at the same time, you know how they are. If they have a lead after halftime, they're just going to try and run that clock they kind of struggle to be honest with their offense like this year because new offensive coordinator yep julio jones is still trying to get worked into the offense aj brown kind of didn't have a good week for the past two weeks so it's it's more of like where's the balance between running with derrick henry and passing at ryan Tannehill? i think that's what they're in a crossroads right now trying to figure that out and i think indianapolis does a good enough job in stopping both. I mean, look look at who the hell they played in the first two weeks, the Seahawks and the Rams, like two explosive offenses. So it's more of good Colts defense to the offense of Tennessee to where they're still trying to figure out where they want to go with like the identity of the offense. Right. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting for sure. But you're yeah, that's funny you touched on the under because that was my I usually pick five games every week or you know yeah including teasers and stuff. So that was the fifth one. So I took Titans minus five and then the, the under at four, I got it at forty nine, so I put it at forty nine. I think that's and, I think that's a really safe pick. The under and the and the Titans defense isn't good, mm-hmm. but it's like at the same token they're going up against like a backup QB, to right. where I think the backup QB will have more success than people think. But he'll drive the ball down. But I, I think when it comes to the nitty gritty, they'll like hold them and like force field goals for Indianapolis. And we see the nerd Rodrigo Blankenship with his googly eye goggles out there kicking field goals um, instead of like getting touchdowns. They did a good job stopping Russell Wilson in the in the final uh, fourth quarter and overtime. So like maybe they carry that over. But it's it's a week to week defense with that Tennessee defense. So really yeah, love the under. Yeah, under's good. Like I said even at 47 and a half now, I think it's still a good play. I, I predicted Titans 27, Colts 13, but that still adds up to 40, and that's still a touchdown short. So I, I think, you know, any, anything under like anything under like 40, 40, once you get to like 45, then I start thinking about it. But um, I think, you know, 49, 48, 47, that's, that's all good plays there. All right, ready for my 7.9-game uh, teaser? Yes, please. Nine games. Nine games. Are you serious? Uh- Yes, I'm serious right nine now. Te- nine teams. Nine, nine teams, seven-point uh, okay. teaser. Okay. Bills at a pick em. so So it's at zero because the okay. spread is seven. Yep. Uh, Baltimore, a minus a half. I think I think that's good going up against Detroit. Maybe a letdown spot, but, but Detroit even, is... Even if, they, even if they let down, that's still like a field Detroit's goal good end. enough. Yeah, exactly. Detroit's good enough to, I think, cover that spread maybe. But at a half a point, I just need the Ravens to win the game. That's all I need. So mm-hmm. I like that. Arizona at a half a point. I think that's easy going up against Jacksonville. Yep. Um, Bears plus 14 against Cleveland. Like you're kind of saying, I think it becomes a one-possession game. Maybe the Bears win the ball game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of iffy. I, I have to rely a lot on Matt Nagy. But I give them a little bit more cushion at plus fourteen. Giants plus four. I think that's good. I think that game might be closer than a lot of people think, but I think the Giants win by a touchdown. So, like to get more insurance, I like the plus four. Denver minus three and a half. Love that number for against the New York Jets. 
Uh, Chargers plus 13 and a half. That's the only iffy one on here that I'm like, uh, I don't know. Uh, Raiders plus two and a half, and then Green Bay plus 10, and that's plus 900 nine leg teaser. I see that. I, I was filling those all in as you, you said on there, and it is, it is plus 900. The only, yeah, I mean, I like the, I think the Bills is a really good one because again, it turns into a pick 'em, so they just have to win. Ravens, I, I agree with you. I have some Ravens friends that also think they're going to have a letdown game this week. Um, but again, even in a letdown, I think that they're going to still try to build off the momentum of that win. And they don't want to. Mm-hmm. They don't want to lose. John Harbaugh's too good to let them lose. Um, you know, a game to Detroit. So I think that comes come down to a field goal. Um, but yeah, but like the Cardinals, we already talked about the Bears. We agree on that. You, you love the Giants minus three. So putting them at plus four, even if the Falcons somehow win by, you know, zero or one to three points at the end, you're still good. You're still good. Yeah. yeah. Denver three and a half at home. Love it. Um, yeah, the Chargers will be. It'll be interesting. Um, you know, but I, I think think two touchdowns. The Chiefs we've mentioned. You said they were what six and eleven last year, covering against the spread. So I didn't. And they're zero and two this year. Yep. So I, I like that. And then um, the Raiders. I think with no with no Tua, that's good. And the fact, yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I, it's it's easy to say that we like all these because the games haven't happened yet. But this is about as good of a nine team teaser. You stayed away from Seahawks, Vikings. You stayed away from Bucks, Rams, which is tough. Um, we don't know the Steelers are inconsistent, so you stayed away from all like the the iffy games um mm. and you, you focused on the games you think are really winnable even the cowboys like i like them at minus three and a half but you know how those nfc east division games go so they could yeah that's the you know what i mean even, even though i think they have way more talent and they should win by like 10 points that the eagles they those teams always play each other tough so you stay away from that so yeah i like it you'll have to take like a screenshot or something of it that way we can <laughs> keep track of it on 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 sunday well, that'll be that'll be a roll i'm gonna bet it games. regardless I'm going to bet it regardless. At plus 900, why not, you know? Yeah. No, I agree. You should, for sure. But um, uh, let's go into, like, three picks that you're very comfortable with. I think that's going to be our new thing for uh, this show is, like, give us your three best bets um, each week. Joe Cal did it last week. I did it last week. I had a pretty good week. I don't remember how Joe Cal did, but mm-hmm. um, three best bets. You want me to start? You? Um, go ahead. You can go first. All right, so I'm going to – obviously, Giants are on there, um, mm-hmm. plus three. Or not plus three, minus three. My mistake on that right. one. And um, I like the Packers plus three. Now, 49ers at home. 49ers have been relatively good, but they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. Cornerback has been an issue. The running they're back – They're on like their fifth string running back. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable with that team when it comes to running backs. They just shuffle right through them. I mean, Trey Sermon literally got one carry and got a concussion right away. Yep. It was just, it was he's crazy. Been, he's been dropped team. from my fantasy team. I dropped him after that. <laughs> a like, lot of done. people, a lot of people did. He hit the wire in my league. So yep. I, I just look at the Green Bay and like, yes, they're going to struggle at first, but like, I feel like it's going to be an ongoing process of trying to get going. And Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to going up against San Francisco, he's done pretty well, except. Uh, the Super Bowl year where San Francisco went. And I don't think this San Francisco team is close to that Super Bowl team. I've been fading the 49ers except for last week, but I really like the Packers plus three on Sunday night. And then it's either between the Bengals plus three or man, this is a weird week with like regular spreads. I'm going to go Chargers plus six and a half. 
just because I just don't think the Chiefs will cover, and I think it's a shootout game, and the Chargers' offense is going to put up more points than last week. I think they had like two touchdowns robbed last week, and they they could be easily sitting at 2-0, which, by the way, looking at this game, I hope both teams lose somehow, or it's a tie. (laughs) Yeah, you're looking for Denver to, to, to keep that ground in the division. Um, yeah, stop the count right now. Like, let's go. Right. <laughs> yeah, I um, my three. I mean, I've already kind of touched on them, but Patriots minus three at home. That's like my my number one. Um, mm. I like the under in the Titans Colts game. Like I said, I got it forty nine, but even at forty seven and a half, we want to go live right now. I like I forgot the under. Well. Yeah, the un. I, r- scrap the Chargers. I want the under on that. You one. want the under? Okay. Yeah, um, the under forty eight. I got it at forty eight and a half. Just for clarification. Yeah. Like I said, I got a 49. You got 48 and a half. It's at 47 and a half now, but we still like that. And then my third favorite, I would say, hmm, give me the, you know what? Let's go. I, 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 my third favorite normally would have been probably the over uh, in the, in the Cardinals Jags game, just because there's been a lot of offense, but it could also be a sneaky like West Coast team going east. You know, they're a little going through the motions. Is it weird of me to take the under? You, did you talk about the under in the Broncos Jets game? No, I did not. I it's it's low. It's forty one and a half, which is really really low. It's probably I think it's the lowest of the week. Um, <sighs> but you have you have a Jets offense that stinks. They stink. Denver's got a great defense, and you you know if you're if you're Denver, you're just telling Teddy like just get us to like. 23 points like win 23 to 10 um yeah not, that's sharp so I, i'm gonna yeah even though i'm not like totally comfortable with it i'm gonna put it in there and try something new so we'll go under as my third one under 41 and a half uh for denver and what the New York what might kill Jets. you might be a pick six like honestly that's the only <laughs> or concern. two or three with the way zach wilson's throwing it and Dem- denver secondary is a lot better than new england's I Just agree. I, I know. Yeah, look, I'm with you. I love I love the Denver secondary. So uh, I'll go with that one, though. Just, just just to go out of the box a little bit. Yeah, we have our own Mr. INTs on our team, New England. Like, keep <laughs> J.C. Jackson. <laughs> Flush him. All right, you said you got some college football? I did. I did. I did a little college football research for you this week um, just because I wanted to you know, surprise you. So let me pull it up here. The first one, Clemson minus 10 at NC State. Um, yeah, you were you and I were talking about before you went on, like how everyone's been betting on NC State, but I I just think Clemson comes out and asserts, you know, they have a lot of talent on their team and their defense Kills is pretty them. good. Kills yeah. them. Their NC State is a big public dog, and when when the hill is really high for public dogs, that's usually when public dogs go to die. So, yep. um, so I like that. Sixty-one percent of the bets are on NC State too, which is like an alarming big number for an underdog. Oh wow, that's actually that is wild. Um, second one, I like the where are they at? Georgia. They're they're big. They're minus thirty four and a half, thirty five, depending on where you look at. But they are playing like they're one of the best two or three teams in the country, as evidenced by their number two ranking. They're playing Vanderbilt. It was not good. Oh, I love that. Oh my God, they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> massacre Vanderbilt. That could be one of those like you know fifty-five to seven type games where it's never a doubt. Hopefully, um, what was the other one? Oh, here we go. UCLA. They, I've seen them at either four and a half or five and a half. Um, Playing Stanford, on the road, right? They're on the road to Stanford, so Stanford's like been weirdly 
tricky at home. Like I know USC used to always lose them at Stanford over the years and they were really good, but I think mm-hmm. UCLA has had a lot of momentum to start the year. Um, so I like them. Uh, I said it's either four and a half or five and a half, depending on where you look, but let's just say five and a half just to, just to be safe. So um, like that one and then three more. So I have six total. Um, oh, Auburn, yeah, I know. Big, big numbers this week. Auburn 27 minus 27 at home against Georgia state. Um, yeah. Bounce back spot. Yeah. Yep. Bounce back. Um, Bo Nix is going to have a big day and you know, Georgia state is Georgia state. Um, got to Got to ride the wave. I think, this is a high line, but Alabama minus 44 and a half. They're at home. It's, it's They're at home. It's Southern Miss. But if I know Alabama the way that we've known them over the years, Nick Saban has made it a very rough week to practice for them after almost blowing that game to Florida. I think that he's, he's – and he's talked about it too these first couple weeks, them being complacent, them not having the focus like before the Mercer game. So I think that he wants to go out and send a message this week that – they're not to be played with because Georgia moved up to basically the same odds as them to win the national title. So I think yeah. he really wants to send the message. I think this is one of those like 70 to seven games. Like it's, it's just like, wow, Alabama's really taking it. Their second and third string are still taking it to them. Um, and then the last one that I just kind of briefly decided to go with was uh, the team that Alabama beat last week, which was Florida. Um, they're at home. They're 19 against Tennessee. 19 is a little high. I know it's basically three touchdowns, but um, Florida's going to go one of two ways. They're either going to come out flat after losing such a close game to Alabama, or they're going to come out really pissed off and they're going to play really well. I'm gonna, just going to bank on that side. I could be totally wrong, but that would just be the way that I lean in the swamp uh, for Florida this weekend in Gainesville. We're opposite on that one. Yeah, I, I mean, Ant it's, it's a lot. Really, Ant really likes Tennessee. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I'm just, I'm just banking on that. Like I'm banking on them being just really upset over what happened. They, they played, you know, so well in that second half to get back into that game with Bama. And so I'm just banking on them coming out again, like Alabama, trying to send a message. That's what college football is about half time. It's just being able to send a message to your conference, to the team you're playing, to the BCS officials, all you know, playoffs people, all that. So I'm just banking on that. But that would be like, that's like the weakest of the ones. That's the one I feel like weakest about. The other ones I feel pretty good. Uh, yeah, so uh, I have 13 plays this week in college football. Um, oh, let's hear I got, it. I got Liberty minus five and a half against Syracuse on Friday night. They're a covering machine. They have covered 10 games straight, I think. Oof. Yeah, actually. Carrier Dome, who cares? They got one of the best QBs in the country. He is literally like how Lamar Jackson plays. It's It's crazy. So... I also got Wake Forest plus four and a half at Virginia. Wake Forest is a pretty good team. Uh, Virginia is a good team as well, but they played UNC like in a shootout type of game. It was like iffy at best. I like Wake Forest to go on the road and possibly win that game as well. Uh, I like Notre Dame to cover the six and a half and money line plus 198 against Wisconsin in Chicago. They always get the calls going their way, and I think this is the Jack Cone revenge game. Um, over 61 and a half in Texas Tech, Texas. It's always a shootout game. Um, and then under 46 and a half in the Texas A&M, Arkansas. Those teams are going to run the ball and try to play good defense. Uh, Baylor. Oh, yeah. Baylor plus six and a half against Iowa State. That might be a letdown spot and possibly an upset. I like the Bears to possibly keep the game close in Waco against the uh, Cyclones. I like Kansas plus 16 and a half and money line 520. 
um, against Duke. I have Kansas over one and a half wins. This is my biggest game of the year. I need them to win. This is my upset. I was going to say, week. yeah, you're, you're, you're Jayhawks, baby. There we go. <laughs> this is my this is my upset of the week. If you want to hear more, you can listen to CFP 100 too. I talked about that a lot more. Uh, Tennessee plus 18 and a half. I think that's a field goal game. Big letdown spot for Florida after playing a close game with Alabama. Remember, they got upset last year against LSU in the swamp on prime time, so it's bound to happen. Um, I think it's a one possession game at best, and like no credit to Tennessee whatsoever. They're a poor team, but I think it's going to be close. My uh, my dark horse team of the year, Kentucky minus four and a half against South Carolina, Cal plus seven and a half at Washington, and Oregon minus twenty eight and a half against possibly one of the worst teams in the league in um, Arizona. Wow, that's a uh, yeah, that's a lot. I mean, you know your college football pretty well, so I'm not I'm not going to be surprised when you do well. I will just <laughs> now that we have a little rivalry with this Florida Tennessee, we'll just have to keep track and. Uh, see how that game goes on uh, on Saturday. I after Ant was just like looking through the card, he was like, "I'm thinking about Tennessee, Florida." I was like, "Dude, I freaking love it! Like, go Tennessee!" Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, like if said, college it's, football it's is anything, it's all about the big letdown spots after huge games. Like that's college right. football. Yeah, and like they're kids; they're not professional athletes, so they don't have that the near level mental toughness that you see from these professional uh, players in, in the NFL and other sports. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. Uh, like I said, I could totally see, you know, I will not be surprised if what you said comes true. And even if Florida wins, it's like a one score game and they just can't quite pull away. Um, but I'm just banking, you know, I'm just going to take the leap with them and just hope that they, uh, you know, they come out fired up and um, you know, wanting to avenge, that close uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens but three three touchdowns is a lot for sure it is all right so um that'll do it for the Ben Burrows pick show for today go out and get those bets in from Jordan Viscaskis they're hot from the press go ahead take them they're nice uh biscuits coming right from the oven right to your door <laughs> I am sharp on college football so let, let's keep that train going. So go ahead, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter at Bench Bros Sports. Follow us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros. And follow our website, BenchBrosSports.com, where we keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages. We have the NFL Weekly Drive. We have the CFP 100. And we have the Bench Bros Pick Show every single week, three shows a week. So you need to subscribe to the um, Bench Bros Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and other media services. Keep track with all the podcasts. We're giving you winners every single week over Reaction Mondays, college football, talking about the rankings, the upset picks, and then obviously here where we're giving you winners every single week. What, what are you doing not listening to this? And share it with everybody. Give us five stars. Share it with your grandmother. Share it with your uh, best <laughs> friends, your ex-girlfriends, and everything else. So go ahead, spread the word about this podcast. It is fantastic. Jordan, last thoughts. Uh, yeah, thank you again for having me. We'll we'll be good to go next week with some more picks, but uh, hopefully we come back and we we both have a lot of winners on the NFL and college side. Um, and uh, we'll keep track we'll... now. I haven't kept track the first two weeks. We're keeping track now. It's, okay, it's on the record. Uh, that's right. We are on the record. We are recorded. So um, 
my goal is for next Thursday when we do this for me to come in and just say I told you guys also with Patriots minus three because that's I don't say the L word, but that's as close to an L word of the week as uh, as you're going to get. So let's go. I don't say I've never said this, but let's go, Pats. Oh, my God. That sounds so ugly. <laughs> that was awful. Um, my my goal is to come in 22 and 0 next week. All right. Let's let's not have a single loss this week. All right. <laughs> if you do that, you might as well not do the show anymore because it's never going to be duplicated. So you, you go 22 I, and 0, you might as well just that's retirement, right? There. I might as well just pack up and go to Vegas and just be like, look, I, I'm an odds maker now. Yeah. Like, what's up? Basically, that's you just show them your resume to show them the, the 22 correct picks. Like, hey, 22 and 0. No, nah, there's going to be one bad beat in there and I'm going to come on next I'm week. Really, I'm going to be now, like, I'm going to be watching football anyway just to like pay attention to it, but I'm really going to be like paying attention to your teaser, that nine team teaser. Um, I love just, the teaser. I do too. I, I like I like all the picks and I, I'm going to be really excited to see uh, where they go, especially, you know, come that fourth quarter. Uh, you're going to be in some stressful situations, but I think you're going to come out okay with uh, the fact that, you know, the seven point teaser really brings some of those down to almost a pick them. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Jordan Vitzkowskis. I'm Wesley Splain. Go get those bets in. What are you doing? That's the show. We're out of here. <laughs>